0: Martinez Kiel, You're listening to The Source. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the Oklahomans most impactful stories with the reporters who wrote them. The southern Oklahoma town of Tishomingo is grieving the deaths of six high school students who were killed in a collision last week. Reporters Jesse Christopher Smith and Hogan Gore are here this week. Jesse's done reporting on the vehicle crash that took the lives of six teenage girls in Tishamingo And Hogan has spent time in the community as it grappled with these deaths. Thank you both for being here. First, Jesse, let's start with what happened. Can you take us through what occurred in this accident?
1: Uh, yes, ma'am. So the, the crash happened on, on March 22, Um 2022 it happened right around 1220 uh, p.m. so very early in the afternoon It happened at the at the uh, the intersection of, of US 377 and uh, state highways uh, 22 and state highway uh, 99. That is about two hours southeast of Oklahoma City if I'm not mistaken. Um, the girls were riding in a 2015 Chevrolet Spark. Um, it's a small vehicle that can only seat four. Uh, they were going eastbound on State Highway 22, and they were approaching U.S. Highway 377. At the same time, this, uh, this combination vehicle, um, a semi-truck tractor trailer, was going southbound, traveling south on U.S. Highway 377. Witnesses say that the girl's car didn't make a complete stop at the stop sign. Um, but instead, their Chevrolet Spark turned to left onto US 377, and that's when the semi-truck hit them. Uh, it hit the front left of that Chevy with so much force that it actually pushed them all off the highway. Um, all six of the girls died in the crash, uh, but the driver of that, that semi-truck actually emerged uninjured. He was wearing a seat belt. Uh, But we found out later that only the 16-year-old driver and the front seat passenger of the Chevy Spark were wearing seatbelts as well. The four girls that were in the back of the car were not. And I didn't know this, but as a result of this accident, I found out that it's evidently not illegal, it's not against the state law of Oklahoma, to not be wearing a seatbelt in the back of a vehicle if you're above the age of eight. And so that just adds an additional layer of tragedy to this whole uh, event.
0: All six girls have been identified. They are 15-year-old Jessica Grace, Gracie Machado, 15-year-old Austin Daniela Holt, 15-year-old Brooklyn Anae Triplett, 16-year-old Madison Patience, Michelle Robertson, 17-year-old Addison Joe, AJ Gratz, and 17-year-old Memory Jane Billy Wilson. Hogan, these are six families who have had to schedule funerals, and I'm sure there are countless more who are grieving the loss of these girls. What's the atmosphere like in the Tishomingo community right now?
2: The atmosphere is just incredibly sorrowful, and incredibly uh, grief-stricken. Um, any word that you can use to describe just a deep level of, of just pain and suffering and dealing with a loss, uh, an unexpected loss, uh, is what's going on in Tishomingo right now. Uh, that goes from officials with the school that goes with parents. That's, that's everybody that that's kind of in that community from what I can tell. Um, the school, for example, is out. The high school is out all week this week except for Thursday for, for those number of funerals that are going on this week. Um, so it's just a community that that is that is was caught off guard by a horrible tragedy and i think that some of it is they're just trying to grasp and come to grips with what has happened and at the same time kind of be there and rally around some of those some of those families that you did mention and an example of that um friday night last friday they had a vigil at the football stadium and the families were set up on a, on a on a dirt track, the dirt track around the field, and they were sitting down there. And as those families walked in, the entire stands, which was filled with everybody from the community, as far as I can tell, uh, everybody from the youngest, cutest baby you can find to the hairiest, dirty biker gang that you can see, everybody was there. And in between. Um, so it, it brought out everybody in the community and every time that somebody, a family member would walk in and go to their seating area, everybody in the crowd stood up every single time. It was just a, just hard. Uh, you can't really, as a reporter and as a human being, it's hard to want to go and, and bother a situation like that and ask a dumb question to somebody who's grieving like that. So it, it was more dealing with the families as in don't deal with them because it was kind of the community was pretty hands off. Don't 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 go down there, don't talk to them, stay away from them, trying to protect their own, trying to not let this become a thing and and I can respect that. I can understand that. And and, and out of that is was a little bit of hostility towards some outsiders coming in and you know and that's to be expected. These people are hurting, they're grieving, they're upset, they're afraid and, and all of these different emotions are coming out. And
0: I'm proud to stand up here tonight. And petitioning Go Indian. And I'll tell you, it's been tough, but, but we have held each other up the last three days, and we're going to continue to do that. I want you to know too that how much we loved your girls and how special they were to each one of us teachers and our staff. And tonight, we're just going to keep our light shining
2: bright. For everybody But it is an appropriate response because we should know better than to, to, than to bother people whenever they're in, in serious grieving, which is, I can't underscore enough, serious grieving is what's going on in Tishomingo.
0: Right. And based on what was said in this candlelight vigil that you attended, Hogan, what do friends and loved ones remember about these girls?
2: You know, it was actually such a nice reprieve um, from everything of, the official statements and the preachers getting up and saying, we're praying for strength and just, you know, all of that side of things, which has been great and and supportive and important, but it was such a nice event to have these high school students, these friends, these people who knew these, these six girls intimately, knew them well, uh, you know, they're talking about she liked to wear sweatpants and her hair was blue last week and it was red just on thursday or on tuesday uh... and so they're giving details into into these these girls lives that you're not going to see from the superintendent you're not going to get that from the the local pastor you're going to get that from a friend who's driven down a dirt road with these girls after a friday night football game you're going to get that after coming back on a basketball bus and and doing a play that you didn't think you were gonna get into. All these little stories, all these little quips, all these little little characteristics about these girls that, that these friends intimately knew and, and, and didn't expect to end, didn't expect to go away.
0: We will miss your sense of humor and your kind, beautiful soul. She was always there for me and I am always And I am sorry that we will never get to
2: move into our apartment and college together got my acceptance letter and I hope I can make you proud. So it was, it was incredibly sad uh, to listen to a 16 year old struggle to go from the present tense to the past tense and kind of grapple with dealing with that. Um, it was incredibly funny to listen to some of the stories that they told about their friends. Um, and so there was humor, but it was hurt. It was, it was, it was grief. And and so they got to express some of the some of the characteristics and some of the the activities, the things that they loved, the things they were good at, the things that they were afraid of and things that they dreamed to do. And and it was just an intimate look at, at, at some of these girls through the eyes of people that knew them well.
0: Right. So this accident has been under investigation. Jesse, can you take us through what investigators have learned so far about the cause?
1: Well, the cause is still being investigated. You're right. Um, I, I believe that highway patrol officials were able to almost immediately uh, corroborate some details from witnesses. Uh, like I said earlier, witnesses had said that the car had rolled at the at the stop sign and then turned left and went into the in- incoming path of the truck. Um, as it turns out, um, they were able to lift. A, a data event recorder they called it it's really just a um an airbag uh, regulator um, they pulled it from the chevrolet wreckage and were able to read that data with a very special software and they were able to confirm um using some of the details that were lifted from that that data event recorder that uh, witnesses were indeed uh, telling the truth they were right um like the girls did roll the stop sign and then turn left. The data was recording all types of, of details like, you know, speed, uh, RPMs, uh, changes in direction, things like that. So it's, it's very minute data and details that they're, they're combing through right now still um, trying to determine exactly what happened. But so far, uh, that's what we know. I believe that it was that Wednesday that the National Transportation Safety Board actually sent a team of additional investigators to Tishomingo to help the Oklahoma Highway Patrol out. Uh, The National Transportation Safety Board usually doesn't get involved. It doesn't work car crashes. It it usually works like airplane uh, crashes or train derailments, things like that. But because the the semi-truck tractor trailer was a Commercial vehicle that was hauling gravel, it it actually fell under federal statute, and so the National Transportation Safety Board um, essentially had to get involved, and so they uh, they were uh, combing the site, trying to figure out uh, historical details, environmental factors, uh, the situation with uh, like accident histories at the intersection all types of things. Um, It's still under investigation. There was a press conference that was supposed to be this Wednesday on the 30th. Um, It's been postponed because of the release of the information from the National Transportation Safety Board in conjunction with the Oklahoma Highway Patrol. And so they're going to postpone that to a later date when they can have some more details to give. Uh, But so far, the investigation is still ongoing.
0: It's hard to explain in an audio format what exactly this intersection looks like. Um, If you wanna see an image of it, you can go to oklahoman.com. My co-host Dale actually wrote a story about the history of this particular intersection uh, because there is a recorded history of a number of accidents at this intersection. It's um, an old format that was used frequently in the 50s and no longer uh, would be built today because it doesn't meet today's standards given the shape and the angles of the roadways. Um, Highway Patrol records show there have been at least eight collisions there over the past 10 years. People in the area know this particular intersection to be a dangerous one. Uh, So Jesse, can you tell me a little bit about the reputation of this particular roadway here?
1: Oh, it is it is an infamous intersection. Um, in fact, I have vague memories of my mother when she would travel into Tishomingo on a weekly basis in order to attend Murray State College for her nursing education. I remember all uh, constant trepidation that she would have about having to um, via that, um, that intersection. Uh, that intersection... And you're right, uh, Dale Dinwalt deserves a lot of credit for explaining this very well. Um, that intersection joins State Highway 22 and, and U.S. 377. Um, it's the main route into Tishomingo from Interstate 35 and Ardmore, my hometown in the west, and Medill uh, from the south. Uh, and so it has a triangular shape to it. Um, and so that design is supposed to allow vehicles to to move along without slowing down or even, like, turning. But it does mean that two flows of the traffic have to stop in order to allow that to be be safe. And as we know, it's just not. Uh, It is a very archaic design, and it hasn't been updated in decades. Um, I believe that the question would be, Now that this has happened and and taken so much attention, not just statewide, but nationally, um, if the intersection will be reconstructed, um, I'm not sure of that just yet. Like I said, the the Transportation Safety Board was here looking into all these factors, uh, studying highway infrastructure, studying the history of the road, uh, things like that. But I I guess it's too early to tell. Hogan... um, Can you say anything about it when you were in the community? I can't say anything about
2: what's going to happen in the future. Uh, I'm I'm really not sure. I think that you kind of nailed it on, on, on the situation there. But I will say, just from a driver's perspective, leaving the football stadium and leaving Tishomingo on Friday night, we left town to go back to Oklahoma City on that highway route. And I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing at that intersection. I mean, it was... It was confusing for me to drive through that area and see because we, there were there were people that after the vigil on Friday went back out to the scene and so there was a few police cars lit up and here and there and and so it was dark outside but you could kind of tell from the lights where things were and the roadways. Um, but yeah I was probably taking it about 25 to get through there because I had no idea what I was supposed to be going, where I was supposed to be. Uh, in relation to the other roads that were kind of right there. So it is a very dangerous intersection because it scared me. And I am a 24-year-old with a great driving record and uh, usually feel fine leaving the small town. Uh, I did not feel great about that intersection as a driver that
1: night. It's worth noting, too, that the speed limit at that intersection is 50 miles an hour.
2: Right. So
0: if you are turning left like these girls, you're, you're turning left from a stopping position or for these girls, it sounded like they were kind of a rolling stop and you pull in front of a gravel truck going 50 miles an hour. It's not surprising that this quickly turned catastrophic. Um, Is that a fair way of describing maybe the sequence of events there?
1: Uh, No, I I think that that is a a very accurate way of putting it. Um, It is a, it is just an incredibly dangerous intersection with a very infamous reputation If anything does happen with the intersection because of this, I mean, that might be the one positive thing out of this at all, um, is that there will finally be some action at this incredibly infamous and dangerous intersection. But I I guess it's just too early to say yay or nay.
0: Well, Jesse, Hogan, thank you for your work on this story. Thank you for your effort into looking into what's been going on in this uh, small community. And thank you for joining us on the podcast today. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. This podcast is possible because of the Oklahoman subscribers. We encourage you to subscribe if you can. You can read these stories and more every day in the Oklahoman and at Oklahoman.com. Check back next Friday for a new episode.